So at first it was my therapist, but now I'm affirming myself. Now I'm telling me that I'm enough. Now I'm self-sufficient. Now I can do it. Now these things are not too big for me. There can be practical tactics. There can be practical tools to learn how to, to, to negate these things that you're going through for the rest of your life. You start to find purpose. You start to see that these things don't determine you. You start to see that life is bigger. Life just seems a little more hopeful. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to <laughs> the Unfed Podcast. This is now episode three. Numero tres. Numer Dude, we have been killing it. Now we have like a million people listening to us legit. Bro, international. <laughs> what's up to our many listeners in Germany? Hey, what's up? Um, and just special update. Guess where we're on now? Where? We're on Apple Podcast now. What? So you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker. And if you want to know, we now have a link tree on our Instagram. So mm -hmm. if you just click the link, you'll find all the podcasts that we're on. All the platforms. Oh, and shoot. Yeah. Sorry. No. And then um, I didn't yeah. go to Berkeley, bro. <laughs> but today is an exciting day. Do you know why? Why? Because we have a very, 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 three or more berries. Very, very, very special guest. Who is it? It's one of my favorite people in the world. No way. Yeah. I said, it's me, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Power 106. <laughs> Welcome, Brianna. Hi, guys. I'm so honored to be here. Woo, we're is, honored to have you. That's right. This I, is this is going to be one of the best things ever. This is my little goodies. The, the best this, episode ever, right? Yeah. This is, yep. I love, to, I, can, I love that I can still hear myself. I love that we're actually <laughs> smiling at each other right now. Like, this just makes it, like, home. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Brianna. Thank you for joining yeah, thank us. Thank you for having me. We're going to dig into some pretty cool stuff on this episode. Um, but first, I just want to know, well, I want everyone to know a little bit about you. Let me show you off a little bit, okay? Okay. So give us a little background, girl. Okay, hey, y'all. My, <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Brianna Murillo. They call mm -hmm. me Brie around here in the streets, you know. The streets? Um, I am 21 years old. Okay. Born and raised in the San Fernando Valley, that 818, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. What else y'all want to know? What do you do? Like, I mean, um, let's see. So you're 21. Mm -hmm. It's the one of the best years ever you would think though i think i thought this would be oh, like so this has been one of the best years of my life so far but it's like i'm seeing everyone just out and about but i'm just enjoying my hiking like you're about to ask what i do for fun yeah i go hiking i've been hitting the gym oh i, love I saw to your read. instagram story today dude that's been what i've been doing for fun this is not when i was 19 i pictured 21 i'm gonna be out like <laughs> we're gonna be outside this summer but i really am just enjoying like my solidarity and my solitude so great. i saw her instagram story yeah. while i was eating a pupusa and it was the best girl i'm about to eat some right now I, I, that doesn't mean that i'm not eating pupusas Dude. and we had some pupusas on friday Oof. yeah so shout Oof. out to entrecheros um i mean they're not sponsoring this podcast but yeah shout out to bichos <laughs> over here on uh i forget but by the vons <laughs> <laughs> off of mason and devonshire and there you go i don't know <laughs> okay well brianna again thank you for joining us so um you like hiking and uh i know you're at, in school yes so just talk to us a little bit about school what's school looking like for you right now i decided to take the semester off but i am looking forward to going back to the fall 
Um, I actually never believed in breaks ever for anything. I was just determined. I got to finish. I got to make it. And this really taught me that breaks are much needed mm -hmm. and are okay to do. And as long as I stay determined and keep some sort of motor going in my brain that I will eventually get there. So I am so excited and so happy oh, that I so did. Good. It just, it was like a weight lifted off. However, it just made me more determined and more ready to just go back and kill it. Yeah. So, but I do go to Cal State University Northridge. Okay. Go Matadors. I'm a shout out Kassan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. Something Stop. we've made up. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's how y'all know. Y'all not from Kassan. Y'all not from, not from Kassan. Not from a like. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at CSUN and what you're studying? I am a communication studies major. Okay, so this is going to be perfect. She, She's just a comms major. So you know how to communicate. Oh, yeah. I you don't would, know how to would, communicate. You would think so. You would think so. I had to actually learn that in therapy, how to communicate. Okay. I was like, I got this. I know. You just got to use your voice and say stuff. But then you start to realize it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Oof. really not that easy to communicate with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially when they have different mindsets than you, mm -hmm. different perceptions than you. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> no. I said, preach, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so the reason why uh, we really wanted to have you on here is because um, from, I mean, again, you're my sister-in-law, which makes me really happy. Um but in and that, you're my friend, <laughs> and I'm really happy for that too. <laughs> um, but just want to feel included. <laughs> in that we've, uh, like, in the past episodes, we've talked about Jenny's depression, uh, aka her compression. Why did you laugh at that? He because really I was just thinking your your compression. Like <laughs> I was gonna say Jenny's compression, but you um, should. Yeah, Jenny's the listeners already know. <laughs> listeners, you Listen. see, they already know my dyslexia <laughs> and when I speak, my compressions. <laughs> So we've, we've talked about Jenny's depression. We talked about my anxiety. And uh, now we're having like someone that's un neither, but has rather experienced like the symptoms that we've talked about, symptoms that we've shared. And um, and you're going to therapy. I am. I'm currently July will make one whole year in therapy. Wow, that's wow. awesome. Yeah, it already feels like I've been in therapy. Like, <laughs> Shout out, round of applause. On. One year. It took a it took it took a lot to even start. So the fact that I could even say that, I just feel like it feels like I've been therapy forever now. So I'm so happy that that was one of the best decisions I've made. So that's awesome. With um, I guess what was the the driver that said, "Okay, I need to I need to go to therapy." I and briefly because I know we're gonna like dig yeah. deeply into like your story and everything mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. briefly well don't let her put a time limit on it bro <laughs> let her vibe off the mic go ask ahead me, spit one that question one more time so what was like the driving factor that said okay i realize that i need to go to therapy i my family my family sat down with me um okay. in particular my mom and my two most amazing sisters who have always been my cheerleaders um they're the ones that sat me down and said brianna We've known you your whole life, and this is not like you. You are not yourself. Right. So as much as I was hurt to hear that and in denial, when you have your mom in front of you crying and telling you that you are not you, that just made me start to 
look at look at my, look at myself in the mirror and start to notice that they're right. I'm not myself. This wow. is not like me. And how did I get here? And why am I here? Right. So that was definitely um, it was it was kind of took me like four months after that conversation to realize I need to go to therapy. But that definitely sparked a conversation. The right. people closest to me had to tell me that you know I am not like myself. So that definitely was a huge factor in why wow, I started that's to go. powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, right, like obviously your family has been that driving force for you because um, they've revealed a lot of things. So what was your, uh, uh, not so much your upbringing, but like I guess where does your sto- story start? Um, there's all these things that obviously led to it, but where does your whole story start and why you started even going to therapy? Like what were they pointing out that... Um, made them realize, hey, there's something wrong with this girl. Yeah, well, if you know me, you know I'm his drama queen, period. But I've just always <laughs> been the life of the party. I've just always had this joy and this charisma, and I've always been told that, and that was always how I saw myself. But for once, I started to realize, like, that thing, like, I'm not being that light anymore. Um, I am the youngest of three, so that, I mean, goes to tell you, you know, the youngest child syndrome. I just be like, hey, y'all, like, just crazy <laughs> walking in a room. So uh, I think my story starts from, I mean, I was in such a, a healthy, like, loving family growing up, so I already I already knew how to have healthy relationships. Um, girl, I did grow up in church, so I was always, in, always around people, meeting new faces, learning to love on everybody. So um, I guess that's where my story starts as a human, right. <laughs> just my social and just, I guess. I love that you said as a human. As a human. <laughs> where the rest of us from are the aliens. To, yeah. you know, to now, um, I think that I, um, yeah, I guess that's where my story start, right? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess what? it's more of like the factors that have contributed to whatever that change was, right? Because if if you've been very charismatic, very joyful, life of the party, and then something mm. happens, oh, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I was shielded from the world growing up. Um, I was taught oh, that everyone was loving. You love everyone. You're kind to everyone. You open the door. You say please and thank you. You honor and respect those around you. But it wasn't until I started getting older that the world just felt so cruel and so angry and backstabbing and everyone was just hating each other and friendships weren't so authentic and that just hurt me a lot because I was so shielded and protected and taught to just love everyone that I realized that that wasn't the story for everyone. So that definitely was the first shot to the heart was having those like little setbacks and heartbreaks that just kind of made me feel like, dang, the world is, is, is much crueler than I thought. So that definitely was a, a reality check for me. So I definitely can say that that's where my story started. Yeah. And if we can dig a little deeper into that, um, as comfortable, you know, as, as you might feel in sharing, um, some kind of most notable moments that have led you to realize these things. Cause it's, it's important. Like, I think sometimes we're blinded by friendships. Yeah. We're blinded by, um, the idea of love, mm-hmm. right. Or the idea of caring or all these positive ideas of people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just, so I guess a part of that story is that I was always taught to do my part, to love on others, to be there for them, to encourage them. But 
I was never really taught about what an unhealthy relationship can look like. Mm. And I thought that it just, you keep, you keep giving it your all, you keep trying, you keep trying to find a different way to look at it, a different perspective. You love that person. You don't give up on them until you realize that not everybody has that mental capacity to, or healing or have that, uh, or even know how to have healthy relationships, period. So even before getting in, in a relationship when I was 19, um, I think I even had my little hoorahs that just made me think that if you like somebody that they would like you back, (laughs) but it didn't always turn out that way. And I always thought I had to give a lot more than received, but that was not love. That's just humanity. And you have to, you know, learning boundaries was definitely a game changer, but I could definitely say that it changed my whole perspective and reality when I did get into a relationship. How so? Um, I just thought that we all knew the rules to the game. <laughs> I yeah. thought it looked the same for everyone. Wow. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't that case. Um, I I don't know. How do I, I was like, where do I start? <laughs> before school and seven years ago. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> when she was 19 before I school. <laughs> I, think even, I think even just as a person, um, just being charismatic and wanting to take care of people, I noticed that I was always... I was always attracted to wounded men or wounded boys because I thought it was my job to cater. I thought if only I can love this person enough, they will know what love is. They could experience what love is. But where do you think that stemmed from? Because that's something that you develop like it could be internal or because you see it happening. I think I just, my family, my family, that's just the way we've always functioned. Like we love each other. We encourage and we can like help push each other. And I thought that that, that worked outside of family or if you choose to make someone your family, that that would work that way too. Whoa. But even college started teaching me that psychology played a huge factor in what that looked like and sociology and like how your everyone's family doesn't look the same. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to get, you know, talk about relationship or religion or whatever, that doesn't look the same in every household either so that was definitely like whoa a reality check that it's not the same for everybody that's crazy yeah because it's just i think these unhealthy relationships and um being in the game for so long i mean raise your hand (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. you know up until i think i think it's um for me it's just getting married was the first sight of like a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. and um and it comes from being healthy myself mm-hmm. or at least being willing to to enter this kind of like season of becoming a healthy individual in through my heart and mm-hmm. through my mind and everything. Mm-hmm. And where I really want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I want to, I want to give my all to somebody, yeah. right? And um, it's crazy that you point that out because it's so true. Like not everyone is going to be on that same wavelength or have that same energy. Yeah. Like you can take my story, for Mm -hmm. example, like Walter and I both come from single mothers, but the family dynamic within each household was completely different. So even though we both came from broken homes, the communication, even though it was still there or if it was like, you know, there, it doesn't mesh well. So oh, it's a learning process. Yeah, even a relationship between a mom and a daughter is different from a mom to son. So that also plays a huge, huge role in, in that dynamic too. Yeah. But I honestly didn't even know that my 
relationship was the factor in why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So I didn't even, I was more in denial and I tried to pick and choose all the problems in my life. Well, my parents divorced when I was 11 years old, so that could be why I'm feeling this way. Or, uh, well, the other day I felt my test. I, I was literally trying to find every reason possible of why I'm feeling the way I am, but I never I did not never once. I eventually did, obviously. But in the beginning of therapy, I I hesitated to even bring up or be real about the relationship. Wow. I was even secretive with the person I was expected to be most vulnerable with. So it was just a secret, period. I didn't want to say that that was, the, that was the problem. I tried to point everything that has happened in my life to be the reason why I was feeling the way I was feeling. As opposed to pointing at the, the relationship that you were in. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I so wanted to see it as healthy. I so wanted it to work out. I mean, me, I don't give up. So I was like, no, this is going to work. We're going to get there. We're going to make it happen. But it definitely does take two people to be mentally healthy and mentally prepared and be willing to unlearn all the healthy behaviors. 100%. You have learned growing up, you know, that. But it all starts with that person realizing that you have a problem. 100%. And so. May I just, may I just say, Brie? And and you're 21. Mm-hmm. Me at your age <laughs> <laughs> was not <laughs> was not as emotionally aware, yeah, of what was happening internally. Then I see you speak in the way that your eloquence is just like, hey, because I did this and this and this, and because I'm going through therapy. Do you think that that's really what helped you, like? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I remember five months into therapy when I started. That's my therapist was appalled. She was definitely like, whoa, you are learning fast. You are like a sponge. You are just soaking everything in. And I was like, man, really? I thought I was like still like, damn, I'm not just I'm just not getting it. And she was just like, you are very self-aware which can, in the negative part, can activate my anxiety when I was dealing with low self-esteem. But she was like, but this is healthy because I'm noticing you're not using these 45, 55 minutes just in therapy to get better. You want the healing. You want the help. So you are doing the homework outside of therapy. Oh, wow. So just being self-aware, self-reflecting constantly, where am I checking in with yourself is literally how you keep yourself regulated, like how you can maintain and keep yourself grounded and and, and feel okay even when things get a little tougher. So being self-aware is the number one thing I can suggest for anyone in trying to get their mental health in order is where am I at you know if you struggle to be vulnerable with yourself then you're definitely gonna delay your healing in your mental health or 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 maybe just be reflective because I don't think that many people like are very self-aware if they're still in that cycle of you know emotional distress or trauma but maybe just reflection okay how was today how was it productive did it hurt me? Was I hurt? Did I hurt anybody else? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's, it's really, it, I think it's a really good trait to have, to have that emotional intelligence, because like you said, like not many people have that. And um, some people like out of, because they don't have it, they don't realize how selfish they can be sometimes and the harm that they cause other people, which then you you look back and you're just like man like i was i was a horrible person like i i look back at the things that i've done in my life and i consider myself a good person right mm-hmm. but when i when i look back and i'm just like man like 
what was happening during that time that caused me to react this way so that I can behave in this manner and affect this person. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times that I've apologized to dozens of people. I'm just like, hey, you know, like I was unfortunately going through these things, but it's something that you have to practice and like kudos to you. Like Jenny said, you know, the fact that you have it at a young age is really beneficial to you because it's going to allow you to just be the best human being when you get yeah. to our age. But even you point out Eight it. years in the future. <laughs> right? Because I hope so. Four I'm score. putting on this work. <laughs> I said I better. Four, four. four score and right? <laughs> seven years ago. Like, actually. But you pointed uh, out an important fact and you mm-hmm. said um, you now realize or you realize or you're apologizing to people. And what even started me to even want to even go to therapy was the fact that it always felt like I was doing something that I didn't want to do. I knew it wasn't the right thing to do, but it's just like my my emotions would take take control over me. I didn't have, I felt like I'd have control over my life. I didn't have control over my emotions. I didn't have control over my relationship. I That's where my anxiety just spiked. And I was just like, oh, like I have no control over nothing. I have no control over anything. And then I hit a point of depression mm. when it was, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. My self-esteem was not the best. I felt like a failure. I wasn't good enough for my relationship. I wasn't a good enough girlfriend. I was getting arguments with my sisters. I was always heated. I would just yell at everyone. No one wanted to be around me anymore. I just became this like just angry and bitter. This agitated person. Yes. Everything just set me on edge. Everything. And I told myself like, why do I feel this way? I don't want to react this way. I know it wasn't a big deal that the trash can was full, but I just flipped somebody off and told them to suck my left toe because <laughs> it was overflowing. And that's... I used to say that in yeah. high school too. And I was like, girl, I'm in college. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that you, so you yeah. hit an important, important fact that even sparked me to realize that I needed to go to therapy. Yeah, so... I mean, even oh, so we've now we're let's transition into kind of like your decision to go into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So your sisters are telling you, hey, Brianna, you suck right now. Like your <laughs> attitude is like not the best. And I know that they're a lot more gracious than I am. So they probably said it a million times better. Mm-hmm. Um, but even thinking about that, like you must I mean, you shared it, but you had some doubt in what they were saying. You're like, wait, what? Like, what are you guys talking about? And it took what you said four months before you actually said, oh, shoot, like yeah. they were right. Yeah. So what was that one thing? Like, because it's probably been lingering in your head and it's just like, oh, man, my sister said this. So what was that one thing that said, you know what, Brianna, this is it. Enough hasta, is enough. Hasta aquí llegamos. I found myself staring at the wall. And laying in my bed and not wanting to get out and struggling to socialize and just literally being so groggy and foggy and school was challenging and I couldn't focus. I stopped showing up one semester and I let myself fill all my classes. I got in a car accident because I was just like super zoned out and it just, I literally felt like. I'm usually okay when things hit the fence. I can run and be okay, but this time I'm I'm not. And I just, if I'm being honest though, what made me say I need to sign myself up was because I thought I wasn't a good girlfriend. I thought that wow. I wanted to go to therapy because I wanted to be a better person for everyone else. And I saw that I wasn't being the best for everyone. So that's what made me actually, ironically, wow. go to therapy. I wanted to be a better version of Brie for everyone. But I realized that I could only be better for everyone if I'm showing up for myself. Right. And that's it good. wasn't that 
I, I just had it. I had to focus on me. This isn't, this wasn't for anyone. And in therapy, I started to realize that I wasn't so crazy after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't so crazy. I just had a, some, some realizations, um, to walk through and to regulate and learn how to respond because your response is everything in life. How you respond to things determines everything. It can go left or right. You could have mm -hmm. blessings on blessings, or even if it's not your turn, you learning to congratulate others on their accomplishments and not learning to be jealous. Like your time will come, you know, your response is just everything. And I was getting tired of responding the same way. And I, I want wanted to learn how to to be more grateful and I thought I wasn't grateful enough and unfortunately I was constantly told that I wasn't a good support system that mm. I, I wasn't I wasn't just doing my job so that's what made me even sign myself up for that's therapy so, that's so beautiful that you said like I found out that I wasn't crazy because that's mm -hmm. a stigma that comes with therapy unfortunately there's some people that think oh i don't need therapy because i'm not crazy but it's yep. so much more than that it's so much about your emotional and mental health that i'm glad that you said that and i'm glad that you're seeing the fruits of that labor yeah. oh, 100%. and you nailed it because i think what my question was going to be is if you can give me a list like a laundry list right because you mentioned um i realized i wasn't crazy so that's a stigma mm -hmm. the other thing is well i don't have anxiety I don't have to like I don't have a mental health disorder. So for someone like you that doesn't maybe you've had like seasonal depression or mm -hmm. seasonal anxiety based off of whatever traumas in your life. It's not something that they've written written it down and said, hey, Brianna, you have, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y and Z. So what is the laundry list so that the listener can look at it? And maybe sometimes realize that, you know, it's it's not always because you're crazy. It's not always because you have. A, you're somewhere on that list of uh, mental health disorders so, so describe laundry list so, I, so for example like you mentioned i realized that i wasn't um as social right but then also regulating like your your mood yeah. that that's those are two things on there um yeah and maybe so, just signs and symptoms that's basically signs and symptoms that made me want to go to therapy or i guess more or so that, that people can it. realize too right like sometimes like anger oh yeah oh yeah we, if 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 little things are starting to just feel overwhelming after okay. another and it feels like the world's out to get you your mental health is is knocked down because you are not at your most resilient self and therapy will help you become more resilient. Do you know mm -hmm. what resistance is? Do you know what a rubber band looks like? If you pull it, if it, it, it's, me it's malleable. It, it can move. It can move sideways. You can form it to something else. Describe malleable. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's you could you it's could. It's exchangeable. Uh, you know, exchangeable. Yeah. You can change its form. You can stretch it. You can put it back to its normal shape. Right. So when you become more resilient, the things in life can. Let, yeah, it'll move and it'll shift, but you're not ripping. You just become like a rubber band. That's such a good So analogy. if you're feeling like everything, even the smallest things, even the smallest things are ticking you off and you feel like, oh my gosh, I, I the world's out to get me. Like I have no purpose. My life sucks. Everything looks like it just, I sucks. Why do all bad things happen to mm -hmm. me? If mm. you've ever, and you're now telling yourself why me, something's off in your mental health. Wow you it can and it could be a range of different things you finding yourself at a place but not present your mental health is knocked off if you can physically be somewhere 
but not really engage in a conversation. You're there, you're smiling, you're laughing, but when you when someone's talking, you're thinking about something else or mm-hmm. you're thinking your mind's elsewhere when you're in a group brain of people. Brain fog. Brain fog, 100%. That is definitely a sign of your mental health being knocked right. off. So I would definitely, those were the things I was ex- experiencing yeah. at its most. You yeah. know what? Uh, the conversation with Bree just makes me want to go to Kassan because <laughs> malleable. <laughs> you didn't know what malleable was? You know what? Uh, I went Sorry. to fit him. Girl, it's okay. <laughs> I, you can teach me stuff that you doing on that PDF. I don't even, girl, don't even get me. I don't know. PDF. Is that a, even Photoshop? That was way off. Uh, First PFD of all, is I was like, you know, the FBI. PDF like, <laughs> I don't even know how to do none of that, girl. I don't even know how to export a damn document. Like, you could put me on. <laughs> Just to say I went to Kassan. You yeah. know what I mean? And I learned what malleable meant. <laughs> No, and I, I honestly, I, I thank you for sharing that because I love that like uh, analogy. Yeah, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Now, Carlos, make a little drawing of a rubber band so we can, <laughs> so we can explain <laughs> malleable no, and I, it's, resilience. It, yeah, that that resiliency is really important because it allows you to adapt, and I guess that's all part of like being malleable, right? It allows you to adapt to these different situations, mm-hmm. scenarios, mm-hmm. kind of like events in life that. Yeah can otherwise be traumatic it can be stressful it can uh be anxious but you can just adapt to it yeah it it, it helps you adapt a little better because unfortunately we live in a world where things are good one day bad the next second always Mm -hmm. up and down now we don't have control of what happens outside but we have control of our emotions Mm -hmm. unfortunately that that sounded so foreign before I started therapy. However, my therapist at the time focused on somatic therapy. So it's kind of using the body and mind to regulate your um, your nervous system so that you can learn to not go outside of those large emotions. So I remember her giving me a scale and it looking when your highs are your highs and your lows are your lows, meaning when you get mad, you get angry. And when you get sad, you get depressed. So Growing up, I actually noticed I've always been like that. Everyone called me Miss Drama. Like, I I mean, I, oh, man, I'm still a little drama. But, you know, I was just always dramatic. When things hit the, hit the fence, I was always like, oh, my gosh, my life is over. Like, or when I'd get angry, I'd get furious and rageful and want to hit everything in my way and just like, ah, like super angry. And I realized that no one taught me how to feel my feelings and regulate my emotions. So somatic therapy, it kind of is like meditation therapy. When you focus and checking in on your body and different parts of your body and just tell like, Hmm, right now I'm feeling my, my breath's a little shortened. I'm going to check in with myself. Why I'm going to breathe in and out and whatever thoughts come with that is how I'm feeling. So I learned to then process my emotions. Oh, wow, that's my body. so good. Mm-hmm. Is that something that, because um, I think Jenny and I have talked in, in like our last episodes how we need to find the right therapist for us, right? 100%. So, so then how was that experience for you? And it was, was it something that was brought up to your attention? Did you do your research for that? And then you said, hey, I need uh, somatic 
So this was my first experience and not everyone. And I'm going to tell you right now, not everyone. You do not find your perfect fit. The first therapist that is most likely to happen. If you are not cracking jokes a couple months from now, that is not your therapist. Like you could be, that could be homegirl. Like you're feeling her and all the cheese man or him or her. They, you know, like you can fill them up of what's going on. Oh my God, last week, girl. Like, let me tell you, you know, (laughs) but if you're not like that with your therapist, you need a new therapist, but it, um, she right off the bat had been experienced with this for a very long time. A lot okay. of people wanted her. So I was so fortunate to actually have her as a therapist. Um, but she right off the bat told me, I am a therapist who focuses on emotional regulation. She showed me what that looked like about your emotions going highs and lows. And she's like, do you feel like your emotions control you? And I said, wow. yes. She's like, okay, then are you down? Are you not down? Are you down? <laughs> she's like, so, down. Me or not? Uh, she's like, so we're going to do this thing or what's up? No, but she's like, okay. Tokyo drift. Right? So then she was just like, so this is what somatic therapy looks like. Are you okay with this? And I said, oh, 100%. I, I don't know how to control my emotions at all. Did you do your research on what that meant? Because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, and then I then Googled it, did my research. I said, hold on, hold on, somatic, girl. I don't know what's all this. It's a, the brujeria. Am like, I, <laughs> I said, what are we doing over here? Like, no, but I, I did my research and on, on, on emotional regulation, what that looked like. And I was like, whoa, this is me. This is what I need. I, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> Fix me, please. <laughs> but Press even, the help button. Right? Help. But what was... What was important in therapy and anyone who would eventually want to look into it or had questions about it or hasn't even thought about it, it's important to realize that your therapist is not there to fix you. She's there to walk with you. Whoa, say that again. Your therapist is not Mm -hmm. there to fix you. They are there to walk life out with you. So what does that mean, Brie? That means you will only experience as much healing as much you will only experience the amount of healing that you're willing to open up and be vulnerable with. So let's say you've been in therapy for four months and you're still talking about what you ate yesterday. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Because it, it it's hard. It's so hard to be vulnerable in therapy. It's so hard. You don't know this person. You're about to share all your darkest secrets with. Like who even, hold on. Like she's going to judge yeah. me. We all have subconsciously a fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. However, when she told me that we will only get as far in your healing as much as you're willing to share, that made me feel a little exposed at first. Like, what are you trying to say? Like, what are you trying to say? Am I not getting too, di- too deep with you? But I then realized, okay, I need to be real with her. I need to be real about what my relationship looked like. I need to be real about um, who I am. I need to be real about the things that are actually going on and the trauma I've actually experienced in order to get my healing. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard at first. She told me, she said, don't not be surprised if you feel more depressed after wow. our discussion of opening up these wounds because she said it's like surgery right now we have an open exposed cut that you had pretend to put a sticker on but we're now unveiling taking out that sticker and we want true authentic healing so you're gonna have to look at that wound and it's gonna hurt it's you're gonna, gonna hurt to you stitch you're gonna have to refill all the emotions that you felt that day you're gonna have to re refill refill 
feel everything Uh, like you are you're you're gonna have to relive that trauma in your life which is hard and not a lot of people are willing to do so people Mm -hmm. give up therapy easy it feels like it's not working i remember i was with my sister's roommate and i was like man when does the healing start like when does it start because this is taking too long we're just talking about this and that like i still feel depressed i still feel broken why am i not fixed yet and she's like it's okay it'll take time It'll take time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it. Like, I need to learn patience. <laughs> like, they just try and teach me everything now. Like, um, but that was definitely something I had to learn. Um, that if I wanted healing, I had to really be true about what I was going through, what I've been through, and how much I'm willing to share. And just because I know your story a little bit, I know that you've transitioned from like one therapist to another. Yes. And I know that it wasn't by choice. It's just, you know, those personal things that have like have happened mm-hmm. um, on not on your end, but on the other end. So what was that transition like for you? I mean, I know that you loved your initial That's therapist and then now going over to like pretty so it's migration right now. Mm-hmm. You're like transferring everything over, restarting conversations. And then they have I'm sure that they had like a difference in their um, Technique. techniques, techniques yes so definitely so what, what was that for you or what was that like um for you? it was kind of hard at first because I was so used to my first therapist stopping me and telling me I'm seeing you breathe a little heavy let's check in with your body but I oh, had wow. to learn how to now do that on my own a little bit because my newer therapist love her she's great um, but she was also learning somatic. So I felt like it was kind of like an exchange of I'm teaching you how to intervene in my life. And I, I also need you to help me out here and there. So it sure. definitely was new. Um, however, I was so eager at the time when I got my second therapist to just share. So I kind of just picked up where I left off. I was literally like, okay, I'll get to know what's your favorite subject and what you like and what you do for fun. But right now, girl, I need to tell you I'm going through it. Like I was really just so eager to just pick up where I left off. Mm. Um, So now we're kind of going backwards. She kind of got to know me a little bit in terms of my story. And now I'm starting to ask questions like, so what made you want to be a therapist? (laughs) So it kind of worked a little backwards. Um, But it was, it's new to me in terms of how she looks and her age, because I know it's common for a lot of people to want therapists that look like them so that they can exchange that. You could understand my narrative, my culture. So now my newer therapist is um, younger. It looks a lot more like me, has had a past like me. So it definitely made it even easier to share that dialogue. I could even be using words like, like stop the cap and she'll be like oh i know what that means because she, you know what i mean so <laughs> she she also chose to be my therapist for that reason can you imagine the, a lot like the therapy notes like period huh she's cap. like get that sis <laughs> like go off <laughs> AWF. <F>. Uh, <laughs> what was um what was your previous therapist um what was her therapy technique because the the new one is uh somatic therapy no you know my prior one was somatic oh got Um, it this newer one she's learning to do somatic but i feel like it's more of just talk therapy okay uh talk therapy i feel like has been a little harder for me because now that i actually have friends in my life (laughs) because remind you when i when i was in an unhealthy relationship and i had started therapy i even looked to a therapist because i no longer had 
sure i no longer wanted to share with anybody wow. I, it, everything became a secret i didn't want to share with my sisters i didn't want to share with closest friends i had cut everyone off anybody who didn't want to agree with me i just didn't want to be around you and i definitely did not want to make new friends to bring them along my drama because everybody knew what it looked like if you got too close so i made sure that people only I had friends from a distance so i would literally hold in all my secrets to share with my first therapist now that I'm in a healthier point in my life and healthier season, I have new friendships, new relationships. I now have no secrets. So I now can make genuine friendships and genuine relationships. Um, so talk therapy has been a little different because now I have people to confide in when I'm going through mm. it. So now it's easier to talk, talk that out. Um, however, it is still feels so good to have that one person that does not know anyone else, doesn't have a biased opinion. She is my advocate. And, um, and yeah, it just feels good to just listen, to have someone listen without judgment. Like, I'm going to just tell you how I feel, and she's just going to validate my feelings. And it makes me feel like, okay, like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Like, what my what my feelings are are, are normal, and I feel like we do often look for that validation. Um, but for it definitely sure. feels good to share your story with somebody who – knows no one else but you so um have you looked into anything else because i mean again going from somatic therapy over to talk therapy and it's it's helpful right but you have people now is there any research that you've done into kind of like other types of therapy that you would like to pursue I definitely would not maybe pursue, but I would love even to know more about cognitive therapy. Um, I like, know, oh, CB, like cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah, okay. just because I know some people who have that going on. Um, I would love to do my research more on that, but honestly, I'm so comfortable with somatic. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's definitely just... Now that I'm learning to do it on my own, like my day-to-day -day basis, it's at first it was something to learn, but now it's like habitual and like becoming a part of my daily life wow. that I, I feel like I'm okay with where I'm at because once I'm learning to regulate myself, even the way of thinking is different mm -hmm. and something that my therapist or therapy does is self-affirmations, right? So that self-compassion and that little voice in your head that was always feels so negative in the beginning starts to actually be your best like encourager it starts right. to be your number one friend it starts to be you really start to to tell yourself this is not too hard i am enough i am valid my my, my feelings are valid i i am not exaggerating this is how i feel I'm not asking for too much and I'm going to honor those feelings. So wow, that voice in your head starts like it starts off as your therapist reaffirming you and telling you, but treat yourself like your friend or would you speak to your friend like this? Or, you know, it starts off with her telling you that, but because you go to therapy every single week, um, at least when you start off right. that, that little voice starts to sound like that in your head. So at first it was my therapist, but now I'm affirming myself. Now I'm telling me that I'm enough. Now I'm self-sufficient. Now I can do it. Now these things are not too big for me. So I am now able to encourage myself mentally. I just that's went good. off topic, but that's... No, that's, no, no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's no. definitely a part of topic because yeah. at least for my story, like I do tend to self-sabotage a lot. Mm -hmm. So you, like hearing that it is an encouragement. It's like, oh, like that voice can become your best ally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and and even like as you were speaking to me it sounds i know that there's like differences but it sounds very much like like the cognitive behavioral therapy that i've done you know um i had to do it as a group unfortunately 
Um, so I don't think that I was able to get like the full benefits of talking one on one and saying, hey, this is like, like this is what I'm going through. But even like through the through the journaling and how it has these basic cognitive behavioral therapy questions, it kind of guides you from like, hey, so what happened? And then how did you think? Mm-hmm. How did you feel? What can you tell yourself if uh, something similar were to happen again? And then, and then as you go through that, then you start thinking, okay, the last time that this happened back in January 1st of, you know, 2021, Four this, is, this, seven was, years ago. <laughs> this is what, this is what I was thinking, or this is the exact scenario that happened. Now, since I went through that already, this is how I can kind of change the way that I react to it this time around, you know? Okay. So I'm without even now that you're talking about it, I feel like that just started coming along with therapy mm-hmm. because unfortunately like when i had transitioned to the to the new therapist i was going through something very traumatic in my life and to this day i even did not even realize how resilient i was until people were like what how are you still smiling how are you still laughing like how are you still you and i'm like damn you know what that's true but without even thinking about it, I had to sit with myself in those moments and tell myself, well, when I was here last time, it looked a, it looked a little different, but it's not too far off psychologically. Mm. I wanted to bring my, I, I, for a second, I wanted to bring myself down. And I said, no, I've mm-hmm. already, I've been here before. I'm not crazy. I'm not, this is not my fault. I'm not going to allow myself to be gaslit anymore. I believe that I'm enough. I believe that I do deserve healthy love. I believe that I can have healthy relationships. So I'm going to sit and be okay. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to not be strong. But I know that I, I, I was able to reflect on everything I've learned and apply it into this situation. Right. And that's when I learned to see that my way of thinking had definitely been different. Because if this would have happened to me seven months ago, oh no, I would have been depressed. I would have thought I was not good enough. I would have... in. I can tell you right now, I would have still been in that relationship. I would have excused everything because I didn't know what healthy love looked like. I didn't, at least you think you do until you have someone telling you, do you think you deserve that? Do you think that someone like can, like, do you, do you think that that's okay? If your friend was telling you this story, uh, this is the most authentic self, would you encourage her to be in that relationship? And you feel so dumb <laughs> when they're telling you this because you're like, dang, like you're yeah. right. Like, but it takes someone to reaffirm you and, and to tell you and for you to literally, they are just a reflection of your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So when I say your therapist is not going to do the work for you, it's literally just you. She's just mirroring back. Like you're literally exchanging this dialogue that you start, that you're having, that you're directing. So yeah, so I guess little did I know that I became even more resilient by my way of thinking just started changing. Yeah, yeah, I think um, like most recently for me because I've been I've been struggling in the past two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing that I've like kind of realized is I'm able to control things a lot better. So um, the numbing of the arm would normally just be like, oh my god, like I'm gonna go into like heart attack all over again, but. Now you get that numbing and then I get the tightness of the chest. And I think it was probably like three nights ago. Mm -hmm. um, We were getting ready to go to bed and I felt like my chest just beating and tightness. And I'm like, oh, my God, like panic attack all over again. Mm -hmm. And somehow I was able to break out of it. 
And I remember sharing this with Vanessa and I was just like, hey, like, I'm not feeling well. She's just like, well, if your chest is not hurting, like, how long has it been? Uh, A week and a half. She's like, you need to go to the doctor. And I'm just like, chill. Like me, I'm learning to tell myself this is just your anxiety right now. And so deal with it for for the moment. And then tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to see that when you're alive, so you, you didn't go through a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And as I wake up every morning and I see like at, through this kind of like season of where my anxiety has been spiking yeah. up again, I wake up every morning. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't pass away last night. So it was nothing. Then the same thing happens again. And then I have to remind myself, well, nothing happened this morning. So nothing's, you're going to wake up to see tomorrow. Yeah. And at every day it just gets better and better oh. up until I break out of that cycle. Yeah. I mean, it comes back like I'll probably <laughs> it'll probably come back in like two months. Still, but your growth yeah. is already your your that's growth. That's yeah. a, that's such a breakthrough moment mm-hmm. because everyone thinks that you're gonna learn it in five seconds, but it's the work that you're putting in things yeah. like that. Watch, like the more you learn to deal with, like you know, like the way you're, you're thinking or whatever's helping you, the more that you apply that instead of just letting it like freak out. It's like okay, like present present let me focus on being present like i'm alive i'm a well you learn to just regulate you learn to just get out of like like everything's controlling you like that's that's growth that's Mm -hmm. huge it's gonna get it's like not only but it's you will see growth and and that's amazing like i'm so happy to hear that for you (laughs) and my look mine might look a little different but even yesterday i started I kind of felt myself going a little low and I'm like oh my god I haven't felt low in a cool minute like no like sometimes I still get I still get scared I still Mm. get scared that when I if I get too in tune with my emotions that I'm just gonna get depressed that everything's gonna come back but I was like no okay like let me spend some time with myself I went on a hike I checked in with my body I you literally have all the answers and you just need to have a conversation with yourself but therapy teaches you how to have that conversation so I was literally, I felt like I, when I got to the top, I was like, breakthrough, I had an epiphany. I was really just, I needed to just validate my own feelings for a yeah. second. And I and, and you start having these little breakthrough moments that just feel like victories. Like, even though my situation might still look the same, I am learning to have victories through these times. Right. And that's yeah. what makes you more resilient. Mm-hmm. Even if your anxiety doesn't go away tomorrow or ever, you're learning to deal with it and cope with it. And yeah. that's why I am such a huge advocate for, for therapy because it teaches you practical and tangible tactics on how to navigate your mental health yeah and i think that's why maybe you didn't learn that right in therapy. maybe you had to do research maybe you had to look into it but having therapy will teach you will help you get those answers yeah. well because unfortunately me i do deal with them with these emotions seasonally or maybe it was just a season but i know that you know people can deal with this for a lifetime and imagine not having the tools to negate that like you are just gonna feel like what's the purpose of living Mm -hmm. but what if i told you that there can be practical tactics there can be practical tools to learn how to 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 negate these things that you're going through for the rest of your life you start to find purpose you start to see that these things don't determine you you start to see that life is bigger that there is more to life than these four walls like life just seems a little more hopeful when you yeah. learn these practical tools. And I think yeah. we also mentioned it in the last podcast, like those is to be kind to ourselves because yeah. who we were maybe a week ago, eight months ago mm-hmm. is not the person that we are today. Yeah, And it's just learning that self-love, like Bree said, and applying those tactics in your everyday, you know, schedule or 
you know, applying them in your surroundings. Yeah. So that's so beautiful, Brie. I'm so proud of you and for being so brave to just speak on this topic yeah. because not many people are. And and I can see your growth and like the, the resilience of everything that you're doing. Um, and there, there's times where, you know, it, it's the last thing that I need to be doing is comparing myself. Right. And um, but there's times that I'm just like, man, I'm so happy for her. <laughs> and I'm like, I wish that I had my breakthrough. Right. Like today I've been feeling very anxious. But I, the reason why I'm here right now, even sharing this conversation with you, it, despite of my brain fog, despite of how it affects me and how I can speak, um, I still want to do it because I know that learning from you and then learning from myself, like as I expose my, myself through things, I can break through things and then things don't seem as difficult, which is exactly what you've kind of been going through. And then um, in this process of, you know, showing yourself love and being kind to yourself, what are the things now that you have held on to? I know that like hiking is one thing that you really enjoy doing. Um, because self-love looks different to everyone. Like I was having this conversation with Vanessa earlier and I, and I was like, Hey Vanessa, what does self-love look like to you? And she's just like, um, a bath, uh, <laughs> with a, see, with a book. See, but that could be self-care. Yeah. Self-love to me is just reaffirming myself. I have always been so hard on myself. <laughs> That's something that I still kind of struggle with, but has gotten so much better is that I'm clumsy. I'm a cluck. I literally just drop everything, spill everything. And I used to be like, damn it, Brie, get it together. But now I'm like, oh, dang, I just need to maybe slow down next time. Or mm. I should probably, oh, it's okay. Mistakes happen. Or when I'm learning something new right now, I just got promoted. And the old Brie, Shout out. <laughs> the old Brie would have been like, I, it's been a week. Why am I not good enough? Why am I, did my every clothes be perfect? And now I'm learning to, I'm learning something new. I need to give myself grace. Wow. Giving myself grace in everything that I'm doing is definitely my self-care, is my self-love. Like, that's what it looks like, to be compassionate with yourself. And once you start learning to be that with yourself, it's only easier to be more compassionate with others. Because you really, people do have a story. Yeah. People really are going through things. You don't know what others are going through. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to be nicer to people. Yeah. Well, now, right? <laughs> now. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now when a customer comes yelling at me, I'm like, oh, all right. But back then, I would have been like, ah, uh ah, -uh, like, wait till I clock out. Like, meet me at, <laughs> catch me outside. Like, I'll meet Period. you there. Like, you know? Yeah. But now, I it just, things don't seem as heavy. So, yeah. um, self-care so, looks like just affirmations. So, affirmations. Yeah, affirmations. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of you know, things that you do for yourself now, aside from hiking, is there anything else that you really enjoy doing for yourself that make you feel better or give you a, a better perspective on life? I honestly working out. I think you just said besides hiking, but <laughs> yeah. I recently been going to the gym and oh my gosh, it's teaching me patience. <laughs> I went the first week checking myself in the mirror, like, uh, hold on. Like, <laughs> let me see the, like, am I, do I see any, like, dang, like, how long do I got to wait? I just did 10 squats. You know Don't mind I mean? me if I'm looking a little exactly. thick tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, why am I not thick yet? <laughs> like, I have so many questions, but I realized that things take. <laughs> be real. <laughs> my wings in the back. Real. I'll be real. <laughs> like, I, it, it's definitely teaching me patience. Uh -huh. It's teaching me determination. And, Working out really pushes you. Like, 
I thought at first, like I started off with like one weight, but now I just moved up another weight and I'm like, whoa, like I didn't think I could do it. And it's been helping me on a good day. I'm like, ooh, going to the gym on a bad day, like a sad day when I'm not feeling, I'm just like, man, I just, I'm gonna take it out of the gym. If I'm feeling a little angry, I could just do an extra, an extra squat or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something like that. So I've really been enjoying working out. Um, I just feel like it's good for any emotion and it just helps you be determined. It helps you press through. It helps you understand that these five seconds are going to be over pushing through um it's going to be over this is not forever yeah. you know what tiktok has taught me is that 80 percent of your mental health is physical so it's like what you eat like how you treat your body do you work out and that's so true yeah. and the other 20 percent is like all mental yeah Mm-hmm. And Thank that's a, that's up. why I think last week I brought it, I brought it up right like um, what you eat is so important and um, I think that in this past week since we've recorded I have been thinking about that stuff a lot because I haven't been eating that well recently and then Vanessa was just like hey like you know you're supposed to be taking four vitamins instead of one and Ooh, like that's she the, exposed yeah you. and i'm just like okay and she said well you also don't want to take too much of the vitamins but um you know the, the nutrients that you take into your body and then obviously like um exercise is really good for reducing the cortisol in your body and like the stress hormone and so we have to take care of our body you need to sleep well and i'm gonna die on this like like fall on my sword and I, I will live by the fact that you need to sleep well and oh 100 you don't sleep well you have a like horrible day in the next day and you're like okay well what, what's going on discombobulated yeah. Dis- why am i forgetting that like something i would used to always make fun of my older sister because yeah. she was just always like well I, before i go to bed i'm gonna have this out this out this out and i'm like man when i come home i'll do it <laughs> and i'm like waking up at five like damn damn i get to school forgot a notebook forgot my agenda forgot everything and i'm like dang it like she was right like i probably should get rest I should probably prepare yourself something important that you also should learn period therapy not therapy is boundaries Mm -hmm. something has to give like if you're finding yourself discombobulated too often you need to check your reevaluate your rate your life and your routine and something's gonna have to give so even when it comes to the gym i'm learning that if social time's gonna have to give i don't care because that helps me feel my feelings like i something my therapist even taught me was if you want to punch something punch something if you want to cry, cry. We tend to just stop ourselves because we were taught that we're not supposed to do that. That that's acting out. Oh. But your body, you literally need to like let those things out. You know, so going to the gym physically is like a physical act of you going about how you're feeling, whether it's a good day, bad day, sad day. Like you literally just take it out at the gym. That after I don't know what chemical in your brain is released after working out, but man i feel refreshed yeah. is it your and, uh, dopamine? Uh, i don't know endorphins <laughs> endorphins i don't remember which one but i know that I it reduces that cortisol <sighs> in high school <laughs> wow no look little fun fact just because I, I was thinking about um about school like many many years ago um, <laughs> where'd you go again Berkeley. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> so um and i don't i would have to kind of like look at these studies again to see if it's true but when you don't sleep it affects the memory in your brain. And so there's like gray matter, white matter in your brain. And the cerebral cortex. Yes, in that. <laughs> she looks so smart when she said that. Um, Googled but, it. But basically when when you don't have sleep, it affects the way that you're... And then, and then you wonder like why people have memory problems as they get older. Well, you've worked your ass off so much mm-hmm. in your younger years. 
it's no like it all makes sense yeah she's like oh my memory is horrible now <laughs> yeah but that's why you need to sleep so that you know you don't affect this in your brain and how many hours of sleep are you supposed to be getting uh, eight i mean seven to eight, eight seven to eight like eight is ideal and everyone has sleep like different sleeping habits but seven to eight is kind of like the sweet spot you don't want to go under like under that um i i tend to sleep six if i sleep six i'm perfect but i try aiming for seven or eight um but okay so my last question for you brianna just because you're the best um (laughs) is what would you say are your next steps like what are the things that you would like to see going forward you're you're approaching your first year full in therapy so um do you want to continue that uh what does that look like for you i think that even after my year let's say if i choose to take a break i think that therapy will be forever part of my life um i think that it's necessary um just to have a safe space to create a safe space to negate life to have healthy relationships i feel like even if it's every like every so often or let's say I take like a three-year gap or something I feel like therapy has helped me so much with my mental health that and you know we're gonna see more mountains we're gonna keep climbing I'm gonna see more battles and now that I become more resilient I'm good what if a situation I go through hits me south or or not I definitely think that that's gonna be a place where I could definitely find a new way of thinking and a new way of going about things, just having that discussion. So I think that even if I choose to take a break um, after this one year, I think therapy will forever be a part of, of my life and my adulthood. Yeah, that's great. Um, And what I'm really excited about for you is um, I know that there's a lot of people that look up to you and a lot of people that go through (laughs) me being one of them, (laughs) not Um, just because of the height, but because I really do look up to you. Oh, yeah, there's, you guys. Okay. there's uh there's a lot of people young girls right that can either Thank go you. through the <laughs> sorry jenny i mean you're kind of excluded no but there's people that have gone through those similar situations and they can relate and the fact that you have been so vocal about it like i'm really proud of you yeah um because you're gonna change a lot of people's lives and that's you know that's the Amen. whole Amen. yeah that, that, that's the whole that point is uh in what we're doing is like we want people to realize right jenny that um you deserve healthy love there is healthy love and mm-hmm. you are more than capable to learn how to do that yeah i think that's not just because we have definitely accepted unhealthy relationships yeah. and quote-unquote being toxic but at the end of the day that is not cute it is not working you feel a mess that you feel distraught <laughs> all the time so definitely i think that we could all learn it's uh this is funny i'm, just, I'm laughing because i was having a conversation with hector the other day and hector my best friend shout out uh and he goes i thought i was your best friend oh my god <laughs> awkward so he go- <laughs> he goes um hey so um you know how's everything been i'm like dude like like Vanessa is so perfect you know she's very like uh, we laugh at our kind of like unfed podcast little logo because we say, oh, look, there's the happy face. That's Vanessa. She's the healthy one. And he goes, yeah, you're so used to toxic. Like you need a little toxicity in your life sometimes. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, where's she at? Like, no, but no. no, no, we don't need it. And, I'm like, and that's, even, talking about look yeah. <laughs> even talking about that, I'm yeah. so glad that therapy even taught me. Now I know the red flags and, and it, it doesn't have to be romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. It can look like friendships. Mm-hmm. It can yeah. look like 
it can look like our coworkers. It can look like a health and work environment. It could look yep. like your family. Yeah. It could look like any type of relationship can be yeah. unhealthy. And it's so important to protect your peace and set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Whether people like them or not, or understand them or not, you really just learn to just choose you yeah. like you are. Yeah. And that's why it's been, I, I think it's so great, right? Like the, the second that you see healthy and you experience healthy, you look back at toxicity and you're just like, oh, like, I never heard of her. You know, like who is later. She? Don't want her. <laughs> like, I'm built my fence real tight and sharp because I ain't letting that girl come back in. Like, I'm going to start wheezing. No. Toxic can definitely not be a part of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but yeah, this is, uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, I mean, this is, this is so, so awesome. Again, I'm proud of you and I'm excited to see, you know, what the relationship with your future boyfriend and husband looks like kids i mean we right, he, getting a little too, he's gonna a little go too, through I'm, a, just, I'm 21 let's just remind y'all i'm, I'm looking at <laughs> remind your coonies let me remind you hold on get a little too hold on hold on we still healing over here no, i said i said future <laughs> that could be five years from, yeah that part yeah he, that guy's gonna go through a tough vetting process but anyways um thank you for joining us brie i love you so much and um, jenny and on that note remember that you are loved you are cared for and that you have a purpose for being here If you've listened this far, thank you for listening to our chit chat, fun conversations with Brianna and Jenny and myself. Thank you for joining. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you're thinking about suicide or worried about a friend or a loved one or would like emotional support, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit them at www.suicideprevention.lifeline.org.